Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of Professional Balance, a bonus content series of the Saturday Morning Hustle podcast. Now, you might have heard the phrase, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. This quote and many variations of it have been attributed to various leaders pointing out the importance of surrounding yourself with people who are more intelligent than you or capable of challenging you to level up. But if you're striving to be the best at what you do, it is very possible that you might be the smartest person in a room depending on the circumstances. Being an expert, authority, or the smartest on a particular topic is a good thing. This allows you to provide value to others and challenge the rest of the occupants of this room, whether it's virtual, in-person, or otherwise. Today, we discuss how to balance when you're the student and when you're the master. When it's okay to be the smartest person in the room, but not just every room you spend time in. You can have great confidence without being an imposter. We discussed that last episode. And you can be a leader while still learning from others. This long-form audio-only podcast is posted on the last Monday of every month as an opportunity to dive deep into the issues that challenge all entrepreneurs, business owners, career builders, and decision makers. How to balance what seems to be contradictory viewpoints in business and personal life. More than just work-life balance, we examine a variety of this or that scenarios. Let's get started. So what if you're the smartest person in the room? Is this good? Is it bad? Can it be both? Well, of course, it can be good to be respected in value for what you're bringing to the room in this conversation, something you've probably earned through hard work, dedication, and developing your processes, not just simply knowing something, but being able to master the subject to explain and to give back to others in, as far as value so that you are then perceived as the smartest person in the room. This is a good thing. This is the point of all your effort, hard work, dedication, and developing your processes so that you can be valued. Whether that value is to create opportunities for you directly to get paid, to speak, or to consult, or creates opportunities for you to have, be offered a job or a position or a chance to work with someone in collaboration, etc. Being seen as very smart, as an expert, as potentially the smartest person in a room is a very good thing on occasion when it's necessary. You can't be that person at all times, nor should you be because there's no challenge to being the smartest person in the room, but there is value in being the smartest person in the room. Now, is it good or bad? It could be bad because you are limiting yourself by being safe and comfortable. If you're always the smartest person in the room, and this is, I think, where the real phrase comes from, if you want to be very literal about the interpretation of that quote, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. I think the exact phrasing should be, if you are always the smartest person in a room, then you are in the wrong room. And I think room is particular here because you probably aren't going into enough rooms. This is theoretical. These are a variety of scenarios and situations that we're phrasing as room or rooms. If you were to challenge yourself, if you were to push yourself out of your comfort zone, if you were avoiding being safe and comfortable, you go into multiple rooms, as many rooms as possible, many conversations, situations, scenarios, not expecting to be the smartest person in that room, although it still can happen on occasion. You don't have to always stay in your safe room where you are considered 
one of the smartest people in the room. And you can't always be the junior speaking, theoretically, person in the room, the person with the least amount of experience, the least amount of knowledge, the person furthest from the smartest person in the room. You don't want to be at that end of the spectrum either. There's no value in being on either one of the extremes. So you want to find time to be in situations where you are considered the expert, you are considered the person offering the value, offering the challenges to everyone else in the room. But you also want to push yourself out of your comfort zone. You want to challenge yourself and you want to avoid playing it safe in order to stay comfortable by always staying in rooms where at the least you're considered the upper end of the smartness in the room, as opposed to middle to the bottom where you would definitely be challenged. You could learn new things and find alternatives to what you were probably already pursuing. This is something else I find too, is people often don't challenge themselves. And it's easy to say they don't challenge themselves because they're afraid of failing or afraid of looking like they failed or rejection or some other form of negative outcome. But I think they also are afraid of breaking down their own constraints from challenging their own ideas about things where they may have to say to themselves, I was wrong about this. I had a misconception. I didn't understand enough, or I have been enlightened to a new way of thinking and I reject my old way of thinking. Often people will avoid that because it's uncomfortable or they have to make a sacrifice. Maybe they have to stop doing something they enjoy, but it wasn't beneficial. Even separating themselves from people or organizations that was holding them back, whether it's because of personal relationships or otherwise, that can be an uncomfortable position, but necessary if you want to move yourself forward, if you want to challenge yourself, if you want to grow, if you want to become a complete professional. Success is growth, which comes from change, which is the management of risk, the opposite of playing it safe. So the management of risk, I will explain further, but let's talk about getting outside your comfort zone. You've heard this phrase too. You've heard this idea as well. You know what it means to get yourself outside the comfort zone, to maximize your effort and to embrace challenge as opposed to staying in your comfort zone, your safe room, your safe space and avoiding challenges. Getting outside your comfort zone is where real growth happens. Growth comes from change, which is the management of risk. I'm going to explain all that deeper, but you can't engage these ideas until you get outside your comfort zone and until you leave your safe space. This is how you maximize your efforts. This is how you learn things new. This is how you challenge yourself. And initially, you'll fail. When you do something new for the first time, you're a rookie, you're an amateur, you're not going to hit it out of the park on the first swing. That's okay. That's a good thing. You learn. From an initial failure, setback, unexpected outcome, learn your lesson, understand what, what you need to change, make that change, make that adjustment, and then try it again for a better response. Again, not completely hitting it out of the park. It's not 100%, but it's further towards 100% than you were the first time. You do it the second time, you do it the third time. Things, some often, it takes three, four, five tries. Some things take 50, 100, 200 tries before you get to a proficiency level, but you will never get to that 100% proficiency if you don't start at 1%. 
must challenge yourself to try new things with the understanding you won't be great at it. It's not embracing failure. It's not looking forward to failure. It's not wanting to fail, but being open to the process of starting at 1% proficiency and moving to 2 and to 10 and to 20 and to 50 and to 75 and to 100% efficiency. It's a process. It comes with experience, expertise, muscle memory. All of these things come with learning something new. You can't learn something new unless you change your current status quo. And that happens when you get outside your comfort zone. Challenges are good for growth. Growth is where the ultimate success comes from. Learn new things, not just standard thought processes or how to do things in a best practices scenario, but challenge your own personal process, challenge your own concepts, your own conceptions, challenge your own starting places, move them to new and interesting ways as to how things are done better now. No, not memorize. Too often when, when young kids are in school, they memorize dates, they memorize names, etc. in order to take a test. And that's fine for passing a test. It's not great in the real world. It's not how the real world works, whether it's business, your career, even your personal life. Knowing how to address problems, address situations, start as an amateur and gain expertise, how to get better at it every time you do it. Knowing how to do things, how to answer questions, how to solve problems is a lifelong skill that will always benefit you. You can't practice that skill if you don't get out of your comfort zone and embrace challenge. So utilize the skill of knowing how to solve problems, knowing how to figure things out, knowing how to get from not knowing to knowing instead of memorizing best practices, instead of sticking to the standard answer, sticking to what you read one time because that one time you read it is in the past and you need to move forward into the future. Challenges lead to opportunity. Opportunities are chances to change. That change, when it's changed for the better, creates growth within you. The same way when you grow, when you're 2 years old and 10 years old and 15 years old and 25 years old, you grow taller, you grow stronger, you, your dimensions change, your physicality change, your physical capabilities are more when you grow. It's the same thing with your brain, same thing with your intelligence, the same thing with your experience, the same thing as a professional. You need to grow. You need to add more. You need to change what's there. You need to adapt and adjust. You need to do better at. You need to grow as a professional in order to be able to capitalize on opportunities. Those opportunities are where ultimate success comes from. So the ability to capitalize on our opportunities is essentially growth. Growth is an indicator of your ability to capitalize on opportunities. Capitalizing on opportunities equals success. Growth is an indicator of the potential for success. Growth comes from change. As you grow, you're different than you were before. That's the definition of change. Change is in reaction to opportunity. If you get outside your comfort zone, if you look for challenges, if 
you find opportunities, you change with the opportunities, you grow into the vehicle, the professional, the individual that's necessary to take advantage of the opportunity, thus creating success. That's what we're all looking for, right? Is the opportunity to create success, to capitalize on opportunities and translate that, to transform it, to put it into your success definition, your success path. You might be the smartest person in the room. Can you communicate this to everyone else in the room? Can you communicate what it is you know, your experience, your knowledge, your intelligence, your ability to solve problems to the other people in the room? This is where challenging the idea of being the smartest person in the room comes about. You might be the smartest person in the room, but can the other people in the theoretical room understand you? Are you providing value for them? Are you challenging them to be better, to try to become the smartest person in the room? Are you advancing them at the same time you're advancing yourself? Because it's not just having a command of the of knowledge, but being able to explain it, to communicate it, to harness it for the benefit of yourself and others. Are you the smartest person in the room? If you cannot communicate it to anyone else, if no one can understand what it is that you're speaking on, what you're presenting, what you're giving to them, if they don't see the value in it, they're not perceiving you as the smartest person in the room. So you can be smart. You can be the smartest person in the room, but you also have to be understandable. You have to be easy to understand. You have to simplify and contextualize what it is you're delivering, what you're explaining. It's often attributed to Einstein that said that if you can't explain something to a seven-year-old, you don't have command of the subject. This is the same situation. If you want to be the smartest person in the room, you have to be able to communicate what it is that makes you the smartest, in this case, virtually in the room, versus everyone else in the room in the conversation in the situation. And you do that by knowing your audience understanding who else is in the room, their reference points, and their baselines so that you can move above those baselines, thus challenging them, providing them value, and presenting yourself as someone who had more, brought more, presented more, communicated more than what was previously in the room. Thus, you are the smartest person in the room. But leadership, being a leader, isn't always about being the best or being thought of as the best, seen as the best, as the smartest, as the brightest, as the person with the most. That's often things attributed to what we call success. Having the most, being seen as smartest, being seen as someone who has the ability to capitalize on all the opportunities, create success. But leadership, being a leader of others, presenting value for others, developing other people, bringing other people up with you, isn't always about presenting yourself as the best. And this goes back to the original quote, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably not in the, wrong, in the right room, means that sometimes you provide the most value, the most benefit. You are the most important person in the room not by being the smartest, 
or focal point of the room, but providing the most value by doing what's best for others, what's doing best for the room itself, the group of individuals, the people, the collective. By doing the best for everyone, maybe it's letting other people speak more. It's challenging ideas, allowing them to challenge your ideas, the conversation itself, the confidence that comes from other people being in the room with someone they perceive as the smartest person in the room, someone who can align themselves with you, who is seen as the leader in this situation, allowing that to happen, encouraging others, bringing others up with you, providing value for them, not being concerned as seeing being seen as the smartest or acknowledged as the smartest, but being seen as someone who is providing value, that is leadership. That value perception will stay with you longer than the idea you're the smartest person in the room because when we're in the room together, again, this is metaphorical, a conversation between individuals, between a small group, giving a TED Talk, speaking on a podcast, speaking in a YouTube video, whatever it is, we're in a room together. The perception, you're the smartest person in the room. When you're the person on stage at a tech talk, TED Talk, the perception is you're the smartest person in the room. Offering value, creating value propositions for everyone else in the room, engagement, encouragement, letting them come to your level or at least feel like they can or have the ability to be closer than when they started, that value perception will last longer than the perception you are the smartest person in the room at that time because being in the room together is temporary. It goes away. But offering value, giving value to others is something that can stay, that can last, that can have longevity, that can, that can stick with them for a long time, potentially even forever. So where's the balance? Where is the balance? In being the smartest person in the room, are you in the wrong room? Do you need to find other rooms? Or are you challenging yourself by getting into rooms that someone else is the smartest person in the room? Are you playing it safe? Are you staying in your comfort zone? When do you want to be the smartest person in the room, the expert, the person who is giving the value and then can establish themselves as a partner, as a collaborator, as a leader? And when do you want to be in a room where metaphorically again, where you are learning, where you are being challenged, where you are being pushed out of your comfort zone, where you are creating opportunities, maybe not the ultimate opportunity, not the same opportunity as the, the main presenter, as the smartest person in the room, but other opportunities that are more valid, more connected to where you are in your, tra- in your travels, in your situation, in your scenario. Where is the balance? Well, actually, you can do both. Duality is very common in this situation. Embrace the idea of being able to do both. Pushing yourself out of the comfort zone isn't always about putting yourself in a room where you are not in the top level of performance, but also putting yourself in a top level of performance and then living up to it, of actually providing value and leadership. This is why leadership is so important. Doing for others, presenting value, and establishing your expertise, presenting your information, your knowledge, your experience in a way that can be understood is in and of itself a challenge. So challenge yourself to perform as the smartest person in the room, depending on the room. Challenge yourself to be 
someone who is just in the room who can learn from it can be challenged by others in the room and then ultimately try to find ways to begin again to embrace new experiences so that you could start at 1% and begin the process and what you learn along the process in order to expand and grow yourself, your skill sets, your professionalism, duality, do both. Confidence without being an imposter. We talked about imposter syndrome on the last episode about not having confidence in yourself or feeling that you're ready or that you have any expertise or presenting yourself in a way that you don't have the ability to live up to. That is being an imposter right in the middle is imposter syndrome. You have the capability, you provide value for others, you have leadership capabilities, you are the smartest person in some rooms, but not all rooms, and the thought that you aren't the smartest person in every room, therefore you can't be the smartest person in any room, is imposter syndrome. But you can't achieve anything great without confidence in yourself, without the ability to provide value because you know what you're talking about. You have understanding, you have expertise, you have experience, you have education, you have knowledge, you have the ability to communicate it, you have leadership capabilities. You have all these things at some level. Every person in every scenario you meet, in every theoretical room you go into, there should be someone who has as much as you bring to the room, people who have more than, the, than you can bring to the room, and people who have less. So our theoretical room could include Stephen Hawking or Albert Einstein. You could include us and could include an infant or an individual who has never had any education, any experience at all. Somewhere in that range is us. We may not be at the top. We're definitely not at the bottom. Even if we're in between, even if we're at the lower half of that equation, we are still able to offer value, to offer the ability to help and challenge and change those who don't have as much as us, and even those who have more, but in different ways. Putting yourself in the theoretical room, in the conversation, in a learning scenario, in a communication mode, allows you to benefit other people that have more, have less, have the same, but are in different ways. So you can only do that if you have confidence in yourself to present what you do know, what you do have expertise in, what you do participate in, what you have experience at, the things that you have command of. It's okay to say, I'm an expert in this area, in this sector, in this piece of information, in this idea, in this concept, but I'm not an expert in everything. If you're an expert in everything, that would be being an imposter, but I'm an expert in certain things, or at least I bring interesting, new, or different perspectives, backgrounds, information, etc., and you're offering value, and you're not being an imposter, so you can avoid the imposter syndrome because confidence got you into the room. You need that confidence, but not so much confidence you're seen as an imposter. You can look up to others while being looked up to at the same time. You are in the middle of this scenario. In every room, you're somewhere in the middle. Unless you were born yesterday or unless you're considered a person with the highest IQ and the most experienced in the world. And again, it depends on the subject, the topic. I, I quoted Einstein and Stephen Hawking earlier, referenced them, but there are rooms that they don't know anything about. I would assume if you put 
of course, obviously, when alive, if you were to put them in a room about maybe pop culture or sports or Pokemon or some other form of information that they have no experience with, they're not, even though as brilliant as thinkers and as problem solvers as they are, they would not be the smartest person in the room for that scenario. So allow yourself to do that as well. Allow yourself to be in rooms where you look up to others and be looked up to by others. And this is direct or indirect, directly, if you're in person, if you're face-to-face with an individual, a conversation, if you're in a small group, if you are literally in a room together where it's a physical room, a virtual room via Zoom or some other type of communication, on a podcast, on a panel, watching a video, presenting, anything where you're actually directly talking to the subject matter and to the questions and to the input of the other people in the room with you. Or indirectly, things you do via mass media, social media, or even having inspiration behind your personal brand. So mass media, someone like Oprah. Oprah is a mass media individual. She's someone that most people would say they know, they don't know her directly, but they know things about, they've learned, they have listened to, they have challenged their own ideas, and they have developed thought processes behind things they have learned from Oprah or any other personality like that who comes to you through a mass media. Social media, of course, over the last so many years, hasn't been around forever, but has been around recently. It's continually gaining much more importance in all of our lives. Someone like a Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, or Simon Sinek, or other people who utilize social media platforms very well, again, to bring knowledge, to bring information, to provide value and challenge the people receiving it through social media platforms, other digital formats, etc., to utilize strategy and tactics and execution in order to make themselves better in their pursuits as well. And then your own brand, whether it's a personal brand or an established brand, can be inspiration for others. And this comes from people you would call the GOAT. GOATs, you know, the greatest of all time. Someone like Muhammad Ali, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, anyone who you consider to be the best at something. Some people might consider Robert De Niro to be the GOAT of acting. Some other people might think it's Al Pacino. Some other people might think it was Marlon Brando. No matter who it is that you consider the GOAT, if you consider them the greatest of all times, you can be inspired by them. You can listen to the words directly. You can see how they accomplish things or how they have thought processes, systems, etc., and utilize those things, essentially steal from them, not stealing because they still have it, but taking tidbits, little bits of things here and there from your inspiration, applying them to how you live your life, the expertise you have, the experience you have, the knowledge you have, etc., so that you can reaffirm your own knowledge, your own processes, your own command of a subject, and then the ability to teach others. Going back to the idea of communicating, it doesn't matter how smart you are if you can't communicate. You must be able to communicate to others in order to provide value for them, in order for them to consider you the smartest person in the room. doesn't matter if you consider yourself the smartest person in the room outside of giving you the confidence to present to others, to have conversations, to challenge them, to present them value. But how they perceive you depends on your communication ability. And ultimately, it's being smart, book smart, versus common sense, or often called street smart. 
There are plenty of people in this world who are very effective, very efficient, who have knowledge, who have information, who have success based on things that they learned from a textbook, from a college course, from an instructor, from a mentor, or something they learned through experience, through the streets, if you will, through the college of hard knocks, of just living life. Sometimes it's good experiences, sometimes it's bad experiences, sometimes it's starting at zero and failing enough times to get to 1% to 5% to 10% and moving on and having the tenacity to move forward through it. But book smart, street smart, however you come about it, when you get to a level of smart, it goes back to the idea of whatever room you're in, there are people who have more and there are people who have less. And by putting yourself in the room and bringing that different perspective, different ideas, how it came to you just adds to the value of everyone else in the room. Ultimately, for true balance, you need to understand the humanity and empathy of every exchange of information. Anytime someone is the smartest person in the room, they need to be a leader and provide value and benefit to everyone else in the room. That's the point of being the smartest person in the room. The point of being a leader is to provide value for others and then within that creates value within you. So demonstrate your value by providing value for others. You do that by concentrating on the humanity and empathy, by the understanding the humanity of others, understanding that everyone else in the room has different experiences, different backgrounds, different education, different outcomes, from the same actions you took, the way they took them, understand that and try to connect to each other as humans creates value and then can present you as the smartest person or the most valuable person in the room. And then empathy. Understanding that someone in that room is where you were the first day you walked into this particular room and this particular subject matter in this particular field, line of thought, etc. Understand Every question someone asks you is coming from a place of wanting to learn, and you have the ability to help them learn to provide value for them. Do not look at anyone else as being lesser or not capable or not worthy because they have different ideas, thoughts, perspectives, backgrounds, etc. Have empathy for these people. If you can find their humanity, if you can work through empathy, then you are always providing value. You're exhibiting leadership and you will be seen as not just the smartest person in the room, but the most important person and someone who can be consistently considered a leader and a person of value, as opposed to simply being the smartest person one time in one room with one singular collection of people. So develop and encourage others. This is the ultimate takeaway for you. If you've lasted the 30 minutes here to the conversation as we wrap up this episode, I want you to understand that developing and encouraging others always ultimately will benefit you. It can benefit you directly as maybe it's someone who comes to work for you or they collaborate with you or they present an opportunity for you that you have more advantageous to than they are. They bring you into situations they they reference you, they speak about you, they look up to you, maybe they buy your book, maybe they subscribe to your podcast, maybe they give you a thumbs up on a YouTube video, maybe they give you a five-star review, etc. 
That's direct benefit. Indirectly, you will create a self-brand. You will create a presence. You will be someone who's seen a value. You'll be seen as a leader. You'll be seen as someone who's beneficial, thus continually invited back to every room that you want to get into. Continue to display all of the things that we look for and the people that we look up to. People will want you to mentor them and others who achieved great things will want to mentor you. All these things create opportunities for you when you give to others, when you provide value to others, when you develop other people's abilities, when you encourage them by presenting yourself, by presenting value, by speaking up and communicating when you're the smartest person in the room, but being focused on leadership, empathy, and humanity by understanding that every room is a singular space and time, and you will only be that person, whether the smartest, the least smart, or somewhere in the middle in every single conversation, and continually developing yourself. So develop yourself, develop others, create value around you, create community, create collaboration, create opportunity. If you'll do all of that, if you will avoid your comfort zone, both because you need to be challenged to move up and because you need to be challenged to to provide value for others, you can be the smartest person in the room. You can be not the smartest person in the room, and it's not which room you're in, it's your approach to it, the value you create for others, and the value you'll receive in return. Thanks for listening to Professional Balance, bonus content series of the Saturday Morning Hustle podcast. Be back next month with a new topic, plus a new podcast every Saturday with hustle and motivation advice from the office while your competition is still sleeping. Please subscribe, leave a review, make a comment on social media about what balance issues you would like to hear discussed on this series in the future. Saturday,